0: back.
1: We'll be right back. to the Sports Talk with Big Sarge podcast. I'm your host, Big Sarge. Make sure you'll follow me on social media at Big Sarge Sports with the Z at the end on Instagram and Twitter. Make sure you follow me on the tick and the talk at Big Sarge Media and on YouTube at Big Sarge Media. All right, on today's show, we're going to talk about one man can't do it all. The Texans hold the first week of OTAs and one player really impressed me. We're going to do attention to orders. Five things I observed from OTAs, and we got a repeat offender when it comes to the Article 15, y'all. Got a repeat offender. We're going to get into that at the end of the show. All right. But first, we have to. But wait. Hear me out. Okay. I got to do this, y'all. But wait. Hear me out. Okay. So, I. This one time, my line brother and I decided that we were going to. My line brother, I'm a member of the Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated uh, Fraternity, Ada Gamma Chapter, Preview AM University, Fall 98 Resurrection. I am the dime. They call me Rap a Lot. That's a story I will tell you all. You know what? I think I'm going to start doing Patreon so I can do some stories that I can't do on here. I, I may do Patreon, and I have to tell y'all why my line name is Rap-A-Lot, but I'm a member of Alpha Five Fraternity Incorporated. Me and my line brother decided that we were going to take us a trip down to Georgia, and so in the midst of the trip, right, so from Houston to Atlanta, Georgia, it's in between about a 12, 14-hour drive, could be 15, depending on how many stops you make depends on how many stops you make, as far as getting gas, as far as getting something to eat, as far as you know, taking a restroom break. It just depends. I'm um, on a good on, uh, you know, I used to could get to Georgia in about 12 and a half, 13 hours, because I could drive straight through. Now it'd probably take me about 17 because I'm old. But this particular time, my line brother and I, we, you know, decided we was going to take a trip down to Georgia and we was going to see my mama. So going to be about in about a 14 hour trip so i said hey man we split this thing up we should be good so i said i'll start off driving first and you get some rest and then when it's time you know to switch over you're driving and i'll get some rest like that's how it's supposed to be when you have two people who can actually drive in a vehicle correct correct so got in Left Houston at a reasonable amount of time. You know, I like to travel early in the morning because I like the daylight so I can be able to see around because, you know, sometimes I may not drive the speed limit, but I need to see where the police are. So I'm driving, 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 driving. So my time that my, my time allotted to drive was up and we decided to switch. So now, I'm as I was driving, he was sitting over in the passenger side, just knocked out, like knocked completely out. So I'm just driving, 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 driving. So my time is up. I'm kind of sleepy at this point. So what do I do? I decide that, hey, let's pull over, let's switch, you drive, and then I'll get some rest. So I'm sleeping, right? I'm sleeping. All of a sudden, I just hear this. I, I I hear and I feel this blue, 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 blue. i wake up and like hey bro, you good yeah yeah, yeah man, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, so okay, so lay back down blue, 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 blue. hey bro are you swerving like what is going on Oh, man i i am just a little tired man i you know I'm just a little tired, you're a little tired, you slept for five hours You just slept for five hours and you still tired? Yeah, man, but I'm good. But I'm going to be good, man. I'm going to be good driving. Next thing I know, the windows come down and the radio go up. Now, for those of you all who are not used to driving long distances, that's a little trick that you use when you start to get sleepy. Turn the music up. You think you can rap? You know what I'm saying. You listen to some Jay Z, or you listen to some Big L, you listen to some, you know, some UGK, some Outkast, some Pimp C, whatever it is you listen to. Some Lil Wayne. You turn it up. You're trying to get crunk because you're trying to stay awake. You roll the windows down so you can feel the air. And I'm saying to myself, I said, "Whoa, whoa, time out, bro. Pull over because you're not finna kill me because I'm on my way to see my mama. Like I want to go see my mama. I want to go see my mama. And you about to cause me." Emotional damage, Bro Pull over Alright man but let me just give me a couple of hours So pulled over Right and I end up driving the rest of the way I was mad as hell I was hotter than fish grease I'm telling you I was upset That out of a 14 hour trip I drove 12 hours of the trip Pissed off. Died. Mad. The whole time we was in Atlanta, he's like, you good, bro? Like, hell no, I ain't good. I had to drive. here. Yeah, I could have came by myself. What you come for then? Or you could have just stayed at the crib. You could have flew there and let me drive this whole way by myself. I, I, I say all that to say this. I can imagine that's how Los Angeles Laker, small forward, greatest of all time, NBA all-time leading scorer, LeBron James felt the other night when they were getting swept by the Denver Nuggets. I can imagine that's how LeBron felt when he was on the court and he's saying to myself, damn, I can't get no help. I, I, I can't get no help. Los Angeles Lakers, just like I said, were swept in the Western Conference Finals by the Denver Nuggets. And in that series, LeBron averaged 24.5 points, 9.9 rebounds, and 6.5 assists a game at 38 years old, 20 years in the league. He's averaging, he he averaged 24 points, 9.9 rebounds, and 6.5 assists at 38, 20 years in the league, and he lost. And they got swept. And in game four, LeBron scored 31 points in the first half. The Lakers had a 15-point lead, and they lost. Listen to me. They lost. If I'm LeBron James in the locker room, can't nobody else come in that locker room until I say they can't. Everybody else stand outside. Stand outside until I say y'all can come in. Because I did my part. I'm out hooping guys way younger than I am who has way less basketball miles on their bodies, and I'm out hooping them on my team. Anthony Davis, the hell would you do in this series? D'Angelo Russell, oh, my God, don't even get me started on you. I still remember the comment you made after uh, when you were with the Minnesota Timberwolves, I'm not mistaken, and y'all lost to the Houston Rockets. I still remember the comments that you made, D'Angelo Russell, I'll save that for a Patreon episode. Uh, Dennis Schroeder. Ray Hachimura came to play a little bit. Austin Reeves came to play a little bit. Hell, they even put Tristan Kardashian in the game. Tristan Tristan Kardashian even got a chance to to, to get some run in the game. And, I mean, how much more y'all expected to get from him? Like, how much more did you expect to get from Tristan Thompson? I call him Tristan Kardashian, you know, for obvious reasons. What else was LeBron supposed to do? What else could he have done in order for the Los Angeles Lakers to advance to the NBA Finals? Anthony Davis, your initials is AD, stands for alternate days, meaning that some games you may come play. Some games you may not just depends on you. And and there's a so and look, the views and opinions expressed on Sports Talk with Big Sarge podcast is Big Sarges and Big Sarges alone. I prefaced that. I probably should have said that in the beginning, but I just said it now. So from here on out, you'll know exactly what I mean. I honestly and truly believe that Anthony Davis likes the idea of playing with LeBron, but doesn't like playing with LeBron. Let me, let let me repeat that, but wait, hear me out. I think that Anthony Davis likes the fact of playing with a superstar like LeBron James, but doesn't want to play with LeBron James. Because when LeBron James was out, Anthony Davis took over and he hooped. He balled out. He balled out when LeBron had to sit out those games uh, this past season. Balled out because he was the man. I don't think that Anthony Davis doesn't like the fact that he can't be the man. But Anthony Davis, didn't you realize that you was not going to be the man when you pretty much forced your way out of New Orleans to get to Los Angeles? That was already LeBron's team. As a matter of fact, LeBron helped get you there. What did you think that this was going to be? You thought that it was going to be, yeah, I remember that time John Wall says that I'm one A and Bradley Bill, I mean, I'm one, excuse me. Remember that time when John Wall was with the Washington Wizards and he says, I'm one and Bradley Bill is one A. I think Bradley Bill took that personal. I honestly and truly believe that. But I think that's what Anthony Davis thought that was going to happen when he got to the Los Angeles Lakers. I think that he honestly and truly believed that he was going to to be the one A. LeBron was going to be one, he was going to be one A, but that's not how it works, Anthony. That's not how it works. When LeBron James is on the court, arguably one of the top 5 players to ever play in the NBA, depends on who you're talking to. You're talking to me, he's the GOAT. If you're talking to others, he's like two, three, maybe even five. But you can't put LeBron James no lower than five in, in all time NBA greats. You thought that you were going to be 1A to a top five NBA great, Anthony Davis? I think you let that top 75 ranking go to your head, which you shouldn't have even had that ranking. That ranking actually belongs to Dwight Howard. That should have been your spot on that team is the White Howard spot. Now, I'm an Anthony Davis fan. I know it didn't sound like it, but I'm an Anthony Davis fan. I honestly and truly believe that Anthony Davis is playing out of position. I never have thought that Anthony Davis was a center. He's always been a power forward could be an oversized small forward, just depending on what team he's with. Anthony Davis is tall. Anthony Davis doesn't like to play with his back to the basket. I don't know who else can't see this. Anthony Davis does not like to play with his back to the basket. And the only possible way that the Los Angeles Lakers was going to beat the Denver, the Denver Nuggets with Nikola Jokic, the only way you're going to be able to beat him is with your back to the basket, and that's just something you don't like to do, Anthony. That's just something that you don't like to do. And nothing, nothing's wrong with that. You have a skill set that, reco- that 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 you can play facing the basket. Everybody knows your story about how you grew in one summer and you went from a point guard to a power forward. Like everybody knows the the growth spurt that you had, and you went from being a point guard to the big man. Everybody knows that story. But you're the center for the Los Angeles Lakers. Your advantage against the Denver Nuggets is you playing with your back to the basket and you didn't want to play with your back to the basket, which feeds right into Nikola Jokic's wheelhouse. The Joker is an amazing, amazing. The Joker is an amazing offensive talent. I don't know how good he is on the defensive end. And hey, look, you can at me, Big Star Sports with a Z at the end on Twitter. You can at me and tell me how wrong you think I am. But I've watched enough of Nikola Jokic on television and in person to know he is not great on defense but if you turn around and you're facing him he sees exactly what you want he sees i'm sorry he sees exactly what he wants so if you don't take him down in the post and use your advantage now he's strong he's a big guy but you're more athletic than he is so you have to use that to your advantage but anthony davis didn't want to do that and because he didn't want to do that the lakers got swept There's no possible way you thought that LeBron James, in all his greatness, after watching him score 31 points in the first half in game four of the Western Conference Finals, that he was going to come back and give you at least 20 more points in the second half. He was spent. He was done. That's all he had. And side note, a lot of you guys out there taking shots, at LeBron James talking about he can't do this, he can't do that, he ain't my goat. I get that. Like I've told you all before, and I'll say it again, the greatest of all time conversation in any in, in time you're talking about anything, when you're talking about the greatest of all time, is subjective because different people have different criteria. Now, LeBron James may not be your goat, and I understand that. If he's not your goat, cool, I got that part. But a lot of you guys out there trying to call LeBron James sorry. He let his team down. He's this, he's that. We watched him, you know, crumble in the Western Conference Finals. He got swept. Some of y'all grown men ain't ran full speed in 15 years. Full speed. And LeBron James is still playing at a high level in the NBA At 38 years old, with the amount of years that his body has been extended by playing in the playoffs, in the conference finals, and the finals, LeBron James has two to three more NBA careers in addition to his NBA career on his body. And some of y'all out there trying to talk about what he is and what he ain't when you ain't ran full speed in 15 years? You get in the driveway and try to hoop against your 12-year-old grandson and you wheezing hard after two dribbles? You out doing volleyball practice with your your granddaughter and you out there wheezing after two bumps? Now, if you don't know what a bump is in volleyball, I can't help you. You don't even need to probably be listening to this this podcast. Half y'all can't even... Manually wash your car Without breathing hard Hell you take the trash out You got to stop and pull over for a minute You pull your body over for a minute and be like Damn I didn't know it was this long Hey you want to see how You want to see how in shape You are If you really really and truly Want to see how in shape you are Walk seven flights Of stairs Just walk up and walk down That'll tell you how in shape you are. Hell, some of y'all couldn't make it past the se- the, the, the first seven steps. Y'all here talking about LeBron James at 38 years old? averaging 24, 9, and 6 in the Western Conference Finals? A place that most people didn't even believe that they were going to be? Now, with that being said, I don't want to take anything, anything away from the Denver Nuggets. I'll go on, I'm, I will go. I will say this again. I am on the record by saying that I thought that the Los Angeles Lakers would win in seven games. I did not know if the Denver Nuggets was ready to take that next step and go to the NBA Finals. I didn't know if they were ready or not. I knew LeBron had been there before, so he knew how to carry himself in the Western Conference Finals. I wasn't sure about the Denver Nuggets. I'm sure now, I'm sure, I'm very sure, hell, if they played that series, if they started that series over again tomorrow, the Denver Nuggets would win four to one. If they started that series next week, the Denver Nuggets would win four to one. If they started that series in September, the Denver Nuggets would still win 4-2-1. They got a team, y'all. They have a complete team. Y'all laughed at me when I used the analogy of the Los Angeles Lakers being like the SEC uh, SEC in football being top-heavy with just LeBron James and Anthony Davis being Alabama and Georgia. And I said that they were going to have to be Georgia every day in order to beat the Denver Nuggets because the Denver Nuggets is Alabama. And it's the equivalent to Georgia trying to beat Alabama five games in a row. It's the equivalent to Alabama trying to beat Georgia five games in a row. But you know, Alabama and who who Alabama and Georgia can beat five games in a row. Mississippi State. Ole Miss. Texas A and M, Vanderbilt, Tennessee, LSU, they can beat those teams, and those are the teams. The, the, those teams are the equivalent to what the Los Angeles Lakers became in the Western Conference Finals. I'm interested to see who they're going to play as the Boston Celtics extended the Eastern Conference Finals last night by not getting swept. They didn't get swept. By the Miami Heat. Now that series is 3-1 headed back to Boston. And if they get game five, it's going to be interesting. Very interesting. We're about to take a break. When we come back, I'll tell you how I was very impressed by a certain person at the Texans OTAs on Tuesday. And he didn't so much impress me with his play, but he he definitely impressed me with his actions. We'll be back.
0: When you, uh, you know, you ended last season as the starter, and then they bring in Stroud as the second overall pick. What do you see your role as now? How much will you help him try to make the transition? Yeah, I mean, I still, I'm
2: complete, competing for that starting job. I mean, since I've been drafted in the NFL, I've been in competition. Um, I don't think anything's going to change, but I mean, it's been, been great getting to know CJ so far.
1: He's an extremely hard worker. Um, and it'll be good to see how we go out there and compete every day and make each other better. Hey, welcome back. You're tuning into the Sports Talk with Big Sarge podcast. I'm your host, Big Sarge. Make sure you follow me on social media at Big Sarge Sports with a Z at the end on Twitter and Instagram. Follow me on the tick and the talk. Really, they're just one, but I like to say the tick and the talk. Big Sarge Media and follow me on YouTube at Big Sarge Media, a lot of content I have coming for you all on YouTube very, 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 very soon. All right, it's that time again. But wait, hear me out. Yes, it is that time again. But wait, hear me out. So that voice that you heard, that clip that I played coming back in out of the break was Houston Texans quarterback, third year quarterback. Davis Mills. And I'm going to play that for you one more time because I want you to hear exactly what Davis Mills is saying in, that some of you all may have missed.
0: When you uh you know you ended last season as the starter, and then they bring in Stroud as the second overall pick. What do you see your role as now? How much will you help him try to make the transition? Yeah, I mean, I still, I'm
2: competing for that starting job. I mean, since I've been drafted in the NFL, I've been in a competition. Um, I don't think anything's going to change, but I mean, it's been, been great getting to know CJ so far. He's an extremely hard worker. Um, and it'll be good to see how we go out there and compete every day and make each other
1: better. So for those of you all who don't know, the Houston Texans with the number two overall pick in the 2023 NFL draft selected CJ Stroud, Quarterback out of Ohio State. They drafted a quarterback this year. And some have projected C.J. Stroud to be the franchise quarterback for the Houston Texans. Last time they did that, guy ended up wanting to get freaky deaky and have massages. But we're going to make sure that we keep C.J. out of these massage parlors. Um, the, the, these massage sessions that are not team sanctioned. Right, 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 Texans fans. I digress. So when the Houston Texans selected C.J. Stroud, quarterback out of Ohio State, Davis Mills knew that the writing was on the wall. He knew that the writing was on the wall, that even though he started in some games in his rookie year, He started pretty much all last season. He knows now that the Houston Texans are not happy and not satisfied with the quarterback play. You have a new coach. You have a new offensive coordinator. You went out and you got some weapons. They went out and they got a, a quarterback. They went out and they drafted a quarterback. Davis Mills knows that the writing is on the wall. He knows that there's a very, very, very slim chance of him winning that starting position. But the one thing that I liked and the one thing that that impressed me was he says that I'm here to compete. I like that. I like that. I like the fact that Davis Mills is going to compete. I like the fact that he's he isn't just going to lay down and get used to wearing a, and I don't mean uh Literally, I'm talking about figuratively. I, I'm glad that he's not going to lay down and wear a cap and hold a, a Microsoft tablet. And I mean, I'm, I'm glad that he hasn't got to get this together. I'm glad that he has not. Get this thing together. I'm glad that Davis Mills, I'm sorry, y'all, I'm having a little technical difficulties over here. My bad. I'm glad that Davis Mills does not have the attitude that all all I'm going to do is wear a Texans cap and hold a Microsoft tablet and sit next to CJ when he comes off the field field during the regular season. I'm glad that he has the the mindset and the attitude that I'm going to compete. And it looks like Davis Mills, through the offseason, has worked with somebody. Somebody has gotten with him about his mechanics and said, we need to fix this. I don't know who it was. I don't know what Davis Mills uh, did in the offseason as far as who he worked with quarterback-wise, getting himself together, getting himself ready to come into his third season. But he worked with somebody. And even after just watching, you know, one day of voluntary OTAs at Methodist Training Center, I said. Davis Mills knows that the writing is on the wall. He does. You can tell that he went out and got himself better. You can tell he went out and he wants to compete. He's not just going to give this job up. But wait, hold on for a second. Hold on one second. But wait, hear me out. I like Mills. I do. I like Davis Mills. I like his attitude. I like the fact that he wants to compete for his job. But some of you all out here, some of you local sports media members on air personalities, is weed legal in the is is weed legal in the Houston and surrounding areas is it is weed legal in Houston and the surrounding areas there we go what that was is it legal I just need to know Because some of you all are either smoking weed or taking edibles. If you think that Davis Mills is going to outcompete C.J. Stroud for the starting quarterback position for the Houston Texans. Some of you all have got to be on some strong CBD oil. Some edibles, that sticky, icky, icky, that good stuff. You chiefing for real. If you think that Davis Mills is going to out-compete C.J. Stroud for the starting quarterback position for the Houston Texans, I've seen enough in college from C.J. Stroud to know that Davis Mills ain't going to beat him. Davis Mills would have to turn into Peyton Manning. Davis Mills would have to turn into Josh Allen, Davis Mills would have to turn into Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, Joe Burrow. He would have to channel those quarterbacks. He would have to to, to channel those quarterbacks into his body and take a huge step in order to beat C.J. Stroud. How could y'all fix y'all lips to say that Davis Mills can out-compete C.J. Stroud for the starting quarterback position. It's not going to happen. It's not. I'm sorry. It's just not going to happen. God forbid anything happens to C.J. Stroud during OTAs, minicamp, training camp. God forbids that anything happens to that young man as far as injuries are concerned. But if he stays healthy... There's no possible way that we shouldn't be hearing C.J. Stroud's name being called in the starting lineup for the Houston Texans against the Baltimore Ravens, which is their first game of the season. Some of you all took it upon yourselves to say, well, Davis Mills took first team reps yesterday in OTAs. Of course, he was going to take first team reps in OTAs. Hell, C.J. Stroud is still learning the NFL verbiage. C.J. Stroud is still learning <clears throat> how to become an NFL quarterback. C.J. Stroud is a rookie. There's a lot of things he's still learning. He still has to learn. It's almost like he's in college his freshman year all over again. Coming out of high school, he was the man. Coming into college, hey, you got to take a step back. You got to have to learn some things, and then you can take over. Some of y'all, I don't, I don't know. They don't drug test. Some of y'all need to be drug tested if you think that, that Davis Mills is going to outcompete C.J. Stroud. And if I'm wrong, I will come on this, this, this podcast. I will come on this show and for five to seven minutes, I will praise Davis Mills and the job that he has done from year two to three. I will praise Davis Mills for five to seven minutes and say how great of a quarterback I think he's going to be. If Davis Mills out C.J. Stroud and becomes a starting quarterback, hell, I might as well put him up there in my top five for this season. Might as well. Some of y'all already got him in y'all top five, and it was just... The second day of OTAs. Just two. Just one, just one and two. Just just two days of, of OTAs. We're about to take a break. Want to come back? Attention to orders. Five things I observed from the second day of Houston Texans OTAs. We'll be back. I know that um, right now it's just a a vanilla type play calling as far as offense and defense is concerned, but how refreshing is it for you to be out there on the field and actually get to put eyes on some of those guys that are going to contribute next season with this upcoming season?
0: It's very refreshing, man. It's exciting just to be able to get out on the field, right? We spend a lot of time in the classroom with these guys trying to make sure they understand it, make sure they have it. And some guys do well in the classroom, some guys not so well, but it's all about how you perform when you're out on the field. And to see guys in that element, to see that they made a misstep or they made this mistake and they instantly are able to correct it. And when you see guys improve, that's what fires me up. So I'm excited to get out on the field because now we're getting closer to real football. Seeing guys in the true element, being able to compete out there on the field, it's been exciting, it's fun for me. And I'm trying to put our team in as many competitive situations as possible, offense against defense, just to see how our guys respond, right, to competitive football. And that's what it's going to be come in the fall, right? You got to line up, you got to compete, and who's going to step up and win. So it's been, it's been, it's been fun, a lot of fun for me to get out on the field.
1: Hey, welcome back. You're tuning to the Sports Talk with Big Sarge podcast. I'm your host, Big Sarge. Make sure you're following me on social media, Big Sarge Sports with the Z at the end on Twitter and Instagram. And make sure you're subscribed to the Sports Talk with Big Sarge podcast, available wherever you get your podcasts from. Did I say that? I don't think I had said that. All right. It is time for the attention to order segment of the Sports Talk with Big Sarge podcast. Let me get the music queued up right here. There we go. All right, attention to orders. Five things I observed from the Houston Texans OTAs on yesterday, which was Tuesday. So on Tuesday, the media was allowed to watch um, OTAs, the second day of OTAs, voluntary OTAs. And um, five things that I observed. Number one, Derek Stingley added muscle, and it looks good on him. You can tell Derek Stingley has been in the workroom. I mean the weight room. You can tell that Derek Stingley has been in the weight room, put on some some muscle mass. And a lot of you all, when I tweeted that out on Tuesday, you know, was saying, Well, is it good weight or bad weight? What does it look like? Is it gonna prevent injuries? I don't know all of that, but all I can tell you is even with the added muscle mass, he was still getting in and out of his breaks like you know, we know him to do, like what we know who we know him to be. So it didn't look any different to me. It just looked like a bigger version of Derek Stingley. I think that this year, Derek Stingley in the right system is going to show a lot of people that what Sauce Gardner did in New York and Robert Sala, head coach of the New York Jets, what what Sauce Gardner did with the Jets is exactly what can be done here in Houston. With D'Amico Ryans. I think that Derek Stingley, watching him on yesterday and seeing the improvement in his body, you could tell that he's bought all in to whatever D'Amico Ryans is selling. All right, number two. The duo of Jalen Petrie and Jimmy Ward is going to cause some problems for offenses. On yesterday, Jalen Petrie said, Jimmy Ward plays like his hair is on fire. And I seen that. I seen it. I seen Jimmy Ward going after passes. I seen Jimmy Ward, you know, ball hawking, which is very, very good for the Houston Texans because now you have Jalen Petrie, who was a ball hawk, and you have Jimmy Ward, who was ball hawk. And if the front seven does what they're supposed to do, then that should be a lot of pass breakups and interceptions by Jimmy Ward and Jalen Petrie. I think that that duo is going to work very, very well together. All right, number three CJ Stroud had a decent day, but he still is learning. CJ Stroud had a decent day. But he's still learning. He's still a rookie. He's still learning. Second day of OTAs, he's still learning. They're still installing the offense small pieces at a time. So he's learning. And I have to make sure I say that because I seen the love affair. Don't get me wrong. I like C.J. Stroud as well. But, like, we have to be honest, too. There's a lot of media members who are fluffing. The CJ Stroud story right now, and not keeping it a buck, not keeping it one hundred. Decent day, but he still has a lot to learn. There was one play where CJ Stroud dropped back, and he had, you know, he went through his reads, but he held on to the ball too long. Out of the two reads, one was open. He didn't make the pass. He held on to the ball, and then checked it down to the. Running back out the backfield. It's something that he's going to learn in time. That's something that he's going to get better at as he moves on, as he goes forward. He's going to be better. But at this point, at this point, he's still learning. We can't just say CJ Stroud was amazing on the second day of voluntary OTAs because he wasn't. Another instance was uh, quarterback Jalen Camp. I mean quarterback, wide receiver Jalen Camp was going out. He was open. C.J. Stroud didn't hit him in stride. C.J. Stroud threw the ball behind him. Uh, Jalen Camp had to contort his body in order to be able to catch the ball. But well, it should have been just a clean pass where it caught him out of his break and he could have kept running. That's just something that's going to take time. It's going to take time with C.J. Stroud getting to learn these wide receivers, C.J. Stroud learning pass routes in the NFL. This this is not a shot at C.J. Stroud, but I'm also not here to just say it was, you know, all roses and dandelions on yesterday. No, a couple of weeds in there as well. And it's just going to take, like I said, it's going to take a little time. CJ did a lot uh, had a lot of reps with the second team on yesterday. And I don't really think that, think, think that that means anything. Like I said earlier on the, in this podcast, of course, Davis Mills was going to take the first team reps because Davis Mills is the veteran and CJ is the rookie. So it's going to, he's, he's going to learn number four. Tankdale size will be his advantage. There's a lot of people worried about Tankdale's size and wondering if that's going to hold up in the NFL. And I say it will. Especially if Bobby Slowick learns to help Tankdale get lost amongst big bodies. Let me say that again. Tankdale's size will be his advantage if Bobby Slowick helps him to get lost amongst big bodies what i mean by that is tankdale can find spots in the defense you know amongst you know behind defensive linemen but in front of linebackers who are still trying to figure out what's going on you get him lost amongst those big bodies and have the quarterback know exactly where he is that's going to work to his advantage and Tank Tankdale is one of those wide receivers that can make something happen once he gets his hands on the ball. But you're going to have to scheme and make sure that you don't put him in a position where bigger defensive backs can put their hands on him or he takes hard hits coming across the middle or he takes hard hits out in the flats. So you have to learn to scheme for him and, and get him Amongst big bodies and use his size and his speed and his ability to catch to his advantage and to the Texans' advantage. So I'm very interested to see and how Bobby Slowick is going to do that as the season begins and goes on. Now I don't think that Tank Dell is a day one starter right now because just like C.J. Stroud, he's also a rookie, still learning to play. In the NFL, he should get a lot of run with the special teams. But once they do get him acclimated to playing in the NFL, I think that Tank Dale has a very promising career and a long career in the NFL if they can scheme him to get lost amongst the big bodies. Number five, I think that the wide receiver core is going to be C.J. Stroud's best friend. I, I honestly... And truly believe that the wide receiver core, including including the tight ends, I think that they're going to be uh, C.J. Stroud's best friend. I had never seen Noah Brown in person. I watched him play on television when he was with the Dallas Cowboys. I seen him play, I think when the Texans played the Cowboys this past season, but I've never seen him in person. Watching him on yesterday, he's going to be a very good option for C.J. Stroud. I think that Nico Collins is going to have a breakout year if he can avoid injury. If he can stay healthy the entire year, I think that we're going to. I think what everybody wanted Nico Collins to be in his first two seasons, he's going to be this year coming up. I don't know we didn't get a chance to see John Mechie because he's out with a hamstring injury, if I'm not mistaken. I think Robert Woods adds a lot of veteran presence to that team. So I think that the wide receiver core for the Houston Texans will be C.J. Stroud's best friend. And like I said, especially with Dalton Schultz, who was a huge target for Dak Prescott. When he was with the Dallas Cowboys, will be able to be that same thing with CJ Stroud. Another big body receiver, Nico Collins, A veteran receiver, Robert Woods. And whatever you're going to get from John Mechie, and whatever you're going to get from Tank Dale and Xavier Hutchison. Because let me make sure. Yeah, Xavier Hutchison is 6'3, 205 pounds. So him, you know, being able to get some reps this season, him being a bigger target for uh, CJ Stroud, I think that that's going to help. So that's my five things that I learned from OTAs on Tuesday. That was the attention to order section of the podcast. We're about to take a break. When we come back, you all know what time it is. It is time. For Big Sarge's Article 15, and we have a repeat offender.
2: We'll be back. Story of the incident with uh, the teenager, Jaws claiming self-defense, that the teenager threw the ball in his face. Uh, we can go into the incident at the mall when he yelled at his security guard. We can go into the incident uh, with the uh, Indiana Pacers traveling party. As far as we know, all of these things have been investigated and no Law has been broken. I'm not condoning the behavior. I'm not saying there should be no punishment. There should be. There should be consequences. You are the face of the league. You are representing the NBA. You are a role model to young kids. All of that. I don't think half a season is the right answer. And the last point I want to make, because you bring this up, the, the, the guns on social media, we talk about consequences. Look, in our country right now, gun culture is pervasive. It's pervasive. We've got mass shooting after mass shooting, and nobody's doing a damn thing about it. So I get why we're so sensitive to this right now. But there's no consequence for Greg Abbott telling his constituents that they should go buy more guns. And then we have mass shooting after mass shooting in Texas. There's no consequence for an elected Tennessee official to send out a Christmas card holding AR-15s with his young family, and then there's a shooting in his very district. There's no consequences to that. So why are we, why are we trying to lay down the hammer on a 23-year-old who didn't break a law? Explain that to me. Again, we can go into the backstory.
1: But wait, hear me out. look at my wrist, I got time today. get them crossing the line
0: today. The hate be so real, the love be fake. Be bumping their gums and bumping my tape. Go Emotional, dammit. To...
1: Hey, welcome back. You're tuning into the Sports Talk with Big Sarge podcast. I'm your host, Big Sarge. That voice that you heard, that voice on that clip that you heard was J.J. Reddy All my Vietnam veterans, welcome home. Germany, good night. All my active duty military personnel that's downrange, good night. It is now time for Big Sarge's Article 15. J.J. Reddick, come get this work. Okay, a lot of you all are new here, so... Let me explain to you what an Article 15 is. An Article 15 is a commander notifying a service member that he or she has committed one or more offenses under the Uniform Code of Military Justice. We call it UCMJ. So when you're in, in different branches of the military call it different things. I think in the Navy they call it Captain's Mask. I don't know what they call it in the Air Force. But in the, um, in the Army, it's an Article 15, and it is the commander. The commander notifying the service member that he or she has committed one or more of offenses under the Uniform Code of Military Justice, which is UCMJ. Now, in the Army, there are two different types of Article 15. There's a company-grade Article 15. And there's a field grade article 15. You start off with the company grade article 15, depending on the severity of the crime or the offense that you committed against UCMJ. So company grade article 15 is usually 14 days of restriction and extra duty. And it does not follow you to your next duty station under the the commander's discretion. So company grade would be, all right, I keep showing up to formation late, right? I keep showing up to formation late or I miss one or two mandatory formations. All right, we're going to give you a company grade, um, uh, company grade or art, article 15, because according to UCMJ, you're supposed to be where you're supposed to be if you're told where to be. So if you're told to be in formation and you're not there, then that's going against the commander's orders and you can be that is punishable. uh, That is punishable under UCMJ. So it's usually 14 days of restriction and extra duty. If they want, they can mess with your pay. They usually don't. It's usually just a warning to tell you, hey, you got to get your stuff together. Get your stuff together. When you PCS means permanent change of station. When you go from one duty station to the next, if you got a company grade article fifteen, it usually it, it usually doesn't follow you to your next duty station. And so, with it being in your record while you're at one duty station, when you transfer, it's not going to be in your file. You don't even have to tell the next uh, the the uh, the chain of command at the next duty station that you received a company grade article fifteen it usually goes away it's just a warning hey you need to get yourself together get your stuff together you slipping soldier and you're not tracking get back on track a field grade article 15 which is getting caught with drugs popping hot on a drug test uh being somewhere where you're not supposed to be that could be a company or a field grade just depends on how much trouble that you've been in the, the the bigger things that would be considered like a felony in the civilian world is a field grade article 15 punishable by ucmj action and that's usually 60 days of restriction or extra duty or longer it's a in pay half the basic pay for two months it's a reduction in grades so if you're e4 and below they are e4 e4 they can drop you all the way down to e1 which is the base that's what you come into the army as if you're coming straight out of high school and you don't have anything. If you're freshly enlisted into the army coming out of high school, you're E1, they call them E fuzzies. You're E fuzzy, so they can take you from E4, which is your next step, is E5 to become a non commissioned officer. They can take you from moving up a rank and becoming a non-commissioned officer all the way down to the beginning. You got to start all over again to work your way back up. And then when it's time for you to go to the board, they're going to they're going to look at that. So 60 days restriction, extra duty, forfeit half your pay for two months, reduction in grade. And that follows you to your next. That follows you throughout your military career. That 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 feel grade Article 15 follows you. Throughout your career. Now, the reason why I prefaced it and the reason why I told you what an article 15 was and the difference in a company grade and a field grade article 15 is because on last week. We gave. J.J. Reddick, a company grade. Hey, man, it's just a warning. You need to get yourself together based off of what you said about John Morant. And like I said on last week, on last week's podcast, the clip is a minute and 34 seconds long. For 100, 100. it's a minute and 34 seconds long. For a minute and 28 seconds, you are amazing, JJ. Everything that you said was on point. It was the last six seconds of what you said in that clip that caused me to give you an Article 15 company grade. Because you said it's 23 years, that John Moran is 23 years old. Why we laying the hammer down on him? And I told you because his bosses had already told him, his superiors had already told him, don't do it again. And he did it again. So you couldn't even go the whole 14 days, JJ, without getting your article 15 upgraded from a company grade to a field grade article 15. Listen to what J.J. Reddick had to say on Tuesday to Stephen A. Smith. This is to send a a, a, a subtweet
2: to his teammates, whatever it is. There's a reason he did this, but I believe there's some 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 earnesty in these comments. And it's it's not just for a calculated reason. Uh, He's coming off year 20, age 38 a long playoff run where he's had to play a ton of minutes with an injury, and it's just human nature that you would begin to say, oh, maybe I'm nearing the end. Go
1: ahead, Wendy. I mean, I, I listen, I listen to every word J.J. just said. I don't understand much of what he just said, but I listen. But go ahead, Wendy. Well, you didn't play, you first, Stephen and then I'll try. Exactly. You didn't play. I didn't comprehend. I'm sorry. You don't understand athletic
2: look. mortality. Three games at wherever... South Dakota, uh, Winston-Salem State doesn't count.
1: I got you. I understand. I got a degree and I'm here on TV, TV with you. I must be doing something right. Oh, you're let's definitely go. doing things right. you damn right. Go ahead, Okay, Whitney.
0: guys, let's go.
1: You. <laughs> the hell are we doing here, JJ? What in the hell are we doing? You earned this Field grade, article 15, emotional damage. Let me sit myself up straight because first of all, don't you ever in your life, J.J. Reddick, fix your lips to disrespect an HBCU. Winston-Salem State is a HBCU. Don't do that, bruh. If you don't know, just say you don't know. But I graduated from Prairie View and m University, a historical black college. I graduated from an HBCU. I will not ha- have you, JJ Reddick, because you attended Duke University. Disrespect an HBCU. That's that's first. That's what that's the first thing we're going to do, JJ. We're going to get that out the way. Learn your damn HBCUs and don't disrespect them again. That's the first thing. Second thing is this. I get it, JJ. Everybody knows you played in the NBA. Everybody knows that. Everybody knows that you had a cup of coffee in the NBA. I'm not here to discredit, discount, talk about your NBA career. I'm not going to do it. Everybody can do the research on their own about your NBA career. You made it. Not too many people can say they played in the National Basketball Association. I get it. But for you to take that shot at Stephen A. Smith on yesterday, on Tuesday's show, that was very, very, very unprofessional. Just because Stephen A. didn't agree with your point, just because Stephen A. Smith didn't agree with your take, you're going to take shots at him? Personal shots? You're going to take personal shots at him. Because he didn't agree with your take about LeBron James, because he didn't agree with your take about athletic mortality. You're going to take that shot at Stephen A. Smith. Now, don't get me wrong. I've given Stephen A. Smith the lazy journalism uh, award. I've given Stephen A. Smith uh, article 15s before. I respect Stephen A. Smith. I've met him on more than one occasion I've talked to Stephen A. Smith personally. I know the type of person Stephen A. Smith is. I know Stephen A. Smith on first take, and I know Stephen A. Smith away from first take. I don't know him personally, but just the interactions that I've had with him away from first take, I'll tell you this. The man is smart. The man knows what he's doing. The man is self-made. What he's doing on first take, I understand it. Get that check, brother. Get that money. Get that bag. I get it. I have said things about Stephen A. Smith, about some of his takes, some of the things he said, some of the things he's done. I did not appreciate what Stephen A. Smith did to Colin Kaepernick. That ain't no secret. I'm on record by saying that. You can look that up. I am not a fan of what Stephen A. Smith tried to do to Colin Kaepernick. But what I didn't do is take a personal shot at Stephen A. Smith. If Stephen A. Smith didn't agree with your take, then guess what? He just didn't agree with your take. And maybe you should have articulated your take better if you wanted him to understand it. But you're going to take a personal shot. And that's not the first time you've taken a personal shot at Stephen A. Smith. That isn't the first time you've taken a personal shot at a lot of people. But you know who you don't take personal shots at? Your peers and the people who played in the NBA with you because they know your career, JJ. They 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 know who you are. But when you're criticized by them, you never take a shot at them. You never take a shot at the people who take who take shots at you who, who played in the NBA. Did you want to tell Stephen A. Smith? because he didn't get enough time in uh, in college basketball that he doesn't know what he's talking about that's horrible no let's just call it what it is that's damn right stupid that's dumb. I get it I understand what you're trying to say but the way that you articulate it was dumb as hell. you don't get personal. That's the one thing that I never do in this media profession. One thing I'm never going to do on air is to take personal shots at anybody. I'm not going to, no matter how I feel about you, there's a lot of people right now that I interact with on a weekly basis that we don't see eye to eye on nothing, not a damn thing. We're not friends. Outside of the media world, we coexist, we cohabitate within the area and the space that we have to be in. We're cordial, but I don't take personal shots, even if they take personal shots at me. JJ, I'm going to tell you a quick story. Some of you all know this already, but I'm going to say it again. I used to be. A uh, guest co-host on In the Trenches on Sports Talk 790 it was hosted by Indy Kalu. Another guy that was on the show was the uh, uh, associate uh, program director. So it was three of us. I was on there for a very long time. I was on there when Greg Cook and Indy was doing the show. And then when Greg Cook retired, I was on there on the air until Indy decided to leave. There's a lot of personal shots taken at me on the air and off the air, and I never made it personal. And I don't make it personal, JJ, because I don't know how to come back from go. I don't know how many people you've been around. If y'all know if you ever heard that term or not, but I don't know how to come back from go. Once it's go, it's go. So I try not to. I try not to go. Matt Thomas from Sports Talk Seven Ninety, who has a radio show on air, took a personal shot at me on air. Matt Thomas, who does the Matt Thomas show on Sports Talk 790, took a personal shot at me. On my wall right there, it says Big Sarge. He called me Big Fraud. Took a personal shot at me. I didn't take a personal shot back at Matt. Could I? Of course I could. I I promise you. I promise you. That I could have got so personal that Matt probably would have wanted to fight me. Because there are some things that I know about Matt Thomas that I won't share. But if I said them out loud, he'd be ready to fight me. But I don't take this personal like that. This is just my job. This is the media. Matt took a personal shot at me. Matt didn't take a a personal shot at my family. That would have been different. Matt didn't take a personal shot at my wife, my late wife, my kids, my grandkids, my brother, my niece. He didn't take a personal shot at them. He took a personal shot at me. I'm not going to take no personal shot back at Matt Thomas. Doesn't make any sense. It does me no good. I, I I win nothing going personal with him. Why did he go personal with me? Well, we can discuss that on Patreon. But I didn't make it personal. And you never make it personal, JJ. Always keep it professional. Matt Thomas called me big fraud and said I don't cover the Texans I don't cover the Astros and I don't cover the Rockets yet I'm in more places when it comes to those three teams than he is the personal shot I have no clue I digress that was wrong what you did JJ that was wrong for you to take that personal shot at Stephen A. Smith when it wasn't warranted. People only get personal like that when they're jealous. I'm going to say that again. For the people in the back who can't hear me. Let me make sure that I, I, I turn this thing up one second. But wait, hear me out. People only take personal shots when they're jealous, when they're not good at their jobs, or they feel some type of way, and that's been on their hearts. You've been wanting to say that, JJ. You just never really had the opportunity. And yesterday, even though you thought that it was the opportunity and the right time to take the shot, should have just let it go. Just keep articulating. Just just keep articulating your point while Stephen A Smith or uh, Brian Windhorse was talking go back in your mind and say okay Stephen A maybe I may not have said it right let me say it this way but to call the man non-athletic to take a shot at his uh at his college basketball career that's very unprofessional unwarranted and it shouldn't have happened but hey i get it i get it jj i get it i understand I mean, the way I looked at it is the white man taking a shot at a black man. Happens to the best of us. Matt Thomas is a white man. I'm a black man. I guess that's just how it works. You've been tuned into the Sports Talk with Big Sarge podcast. Make sure you are subscribed to the Sports Talk with Big Sarge podcast. Make sure you'll follow me on social media at Big Sarge Sports with a Z at the end on Twitter and Instagram. Follow me on the tick and the Talk at Big Sarge Media, and on YouTube at Big Sarge Media. I'm out! Uh, But wait, hear me out. Emotional damage! But wait, hear me out emotional damage